Hi, this is Jason Schneeberger, a.k.a. Rain Architect. I was also in Murder Collection from Toe Tag Pictures, and you are listening to Sick on Cinema. Everybody and welcome to Sick on Cinema. I'm one half of your quiet ones you gotta watch. It's the quiet <laughs> ones you gotta watch. <laughs> Flagged. John. I'm your other half, Matt. And uh, thank you all for listening to uh, the mini episode, but we're back with the regular format. Uh, but yeah, we, we need to... We, we put it on an Insta- our Instagram page, but... Um, we gotta address the, yeah, <laughs> the goof. Yeah, there was a bit of a goof. Uh, about, <laughs> about two days. <laughs> about two days. Uh, somehow, the first mini episode was posted again under the hereditary name. I'm surprised iTunes didn't flag us for that. You think they? I don't think that was something they. Because they probably try to post it as spam. I guess, but I don't. It's I don't the know. Same thing. Yeah, but so yeah. So for everybody who listened to that episode twice, thank you. <laughs> and for everybody who. You know, we want to apologize for the bit of a misstep, but if you haven't listened to the Rector episode, go give that a listen. It was I thought it was very fun. Yeah, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but today we are back here with microphones in our hands, sitting across from one another with bottles of water and a Dr. Pepper can and a Dr. Pepper can to talk about revenge films. Yeah, in particular, eighties revenge films. I guess I should put that in the poster. Because I have not made the poster yet. Because mm. I'm a lazy bastard. Yeah. Uh, what films are we talking about tonight, Matt? We're talking about Vigilante. Mm-hmm. Class 1984. Mm-hmm. And Seven Streets. Savage Streets. Late great Danny Steinman's sleaze masterpiece <laughs> from the 80s. Yes. Danny Steinman, you know, maybe I should wait and tell the story when we get into Savage Streets. But yeah. I had a, I had a very strange experience. With Mr. Danny Stockman. Oh, did you? Yes. <laughs> oh, God, all right. Uh, but before we get into the films, as always, if you like some questions, you want some comments, you want some concerns, send them our way at sickoncinema at gmail.com. And you can follow us on all the social bullshit. Except for maybe a couple. Because we don't use those because they're probably dead ass anyway. <laughs> we have Instagram, which is probably our most active. Yeah, Twitter, I've... We only got three followers on there, and two mm-hmm. of them are us, so yeah. I said, fuck it. We have like a hundred and something <laughs> followers on Instagram. They just don't. Instagram's just more popular. Yeah, it's better. It's way it better. It's way better. Twitter. Twitter, Twitter sucks. <laughs> Twitter's just the cesspool of garbage on the internet. Fuck them. <laughs> fuck them. <laughs> the words of Bad Luck Folly. Yeah. If you're watching in Japan, again, if you don't, I we apologize for the Facebook, we're semi active on, so if you want to <laughs> follow us there. <laughs> on the YouTube channel, we're not active. Not active at all. <laughs> <laughs> on both our YouTube channels. Yeah, um, I'm working on stuff, but 
So yeah, that's that's how you can uh, you can get a hold of us if need be. And eventually, I'd like to do like a a Q and A episode. So maybe we'll do that sometime. <laughs> and eventually, we'll get a MySpace page. <sighs> you you know what? Interesting, you bring that up. Oh yeah. It seems like because I used to have a MySpace page back yeah. in the day. You know that was the thing. Everyone loved MySpace. I was an edgy boy <laughs> and had serial killers in my background <laughs> in high school on my MySpace page. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Right? Yeah. Had Gigi Allen in my playlist. Serial killers on my background, but anyways, that's that's a digression. Every single day here recently, I, I get a message in my email from MySpace saying like blah 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 is connected with you on MySpace. What? Yeah. Oh God, it's probably this weird thing where all the Russians go to it now. <laughs> <laughs> this the gulag of social media. <laughs> oh shit! God, the, have you seen this stuff? Like like dead games and stuff. Russians kind of just like no. Like a uh, Rainbow Six Siege, which I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's necessarily dead, mm-hmm. but it's not as popular as most games. There's probably like a new Rainbow Six or something. If out. you go to like the chats and any of those games, it's just filled with a bunch of screaming Russian guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, like every single day, I get like maybe like some of them horror t- horror YouTubers should get on this because I can't be the only one that keeps getting these weird. Well, you do know they sold all the data to the website pretty much, right? Oh, did they? Yeah, you oh. probably should have took your account down. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, you, you got beaned, my guy. I got beaned. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting good to the god of gulag. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> your daddy got sent to the gulag. <laughs> oh, um, that word is fantastic. It, gulag but, is one of the best words out there. But God, it has some bad history. Well, yeah, so does Holocaust, <laughs> but that gets used all the time. <laughs> so does like words like cancer as yeah, well. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you probably shouldn't say those things, but you know. Edgy boys. <laughs> <laughs> I was a real edgy boy back in the day, but we won't get into oh that. Uh, so anything, what have you been up to, Matt, before we get into these flicks? Oh, fucking work. <laughs> it's the same. Work and <laughs> procrastination. Yeah, basically. Because um, if, you, if you guys could see on my wall, I have sticky notes of things I need to do. And uh, what, have I not, what, have I, what have I not done, John? Uh, any of them. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> done a single damn one. <laughs> Lazy ass me. Yeah. So, I dropped an album. Yeah, you did. Under the name Mark McCoy, a stage name. <laughs> I thought you wanted to keep that. Uh, well, here's the thing about this. Okay. I only go by John on here. Nobody knows my last name. Mm, Touche. So, wait, don't you take your profile, your Instagram profile? Yeah, but that's under Bucket 089. But it's, it doesn't say John Cough. Oh, now you blew it, you bitch. <laughs> I said, I said, cough. Your name's cough. <laughs> I'm sitting here talking about how my name ain't out there. Bleep it. And your ass Bleep just freaking goofed me. Bleep you it. just goofed the shit out of me. <laughs> uh, hold up, hold up. We have editing software. <laughs> Go in and a bleep. Oh my god. That's gonna make my job even harder now. <laughs> John, just do it. I cannot believe you freaking did that. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh fuck, I can't believe you done this. <laughs> I'm sitting here talking about how I took a pseudonym and how I don't use my name on the podcast. And you're just like there it is. <laughs> oh my god. Get fucked. <laughs> okay. Alright. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. I don't actually care if it's out there. I, I didn't say your full name. Your name's Cough. Yeah. Bart McCoy, I think, is just a cooler name to use as a musician. 
the originally had WWE 2K characters. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it's on SoundCloud. It's called Crocodile Love. If anybody's interested, it's not that great. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, you just shed up on your own yeah, album. You know, it's a bunch of comedy songs kind of based <laughs> around like horror theme stuff. Uh, I like it. I think it's kind of funny. So, it, you know, if you want to check it out, just look for Mark McCoy, Crocodile Love on SoundCloud. The picture is supposed to be him hanging himself with a belt, but... Yeah. It, Crocodile Love. Crocodile Love. I'm a SoundCloud rapper now. No, he's not. It's not SoundCloud. It is SoundCloud. Well, not, not, I mean, it's not rap. Can't believe you draw my damn name. You can just edit it out. <laughs> I'm going to put like a horse noise or something in there. Please. <laughs> like a, like a Young Frankenstein. Like Young Frankenstein, yeah. <laughs> So we better get into these damn movies before we freaking before I gulag me some more. Before I dox you again. Yeah, dude. I'm going to get swatted now. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> a million people with your last name. Well, there's a movie character. I won't say which one, but there is. With literally my name. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. So, anyways, on to the films. Sorry for <laughs> after the doxing. This, after this debacle. <laughs> you have to go ahead and edit every time I said oh that. Oh, my God. Well. What? The, the the word. You only said it once. <laughs> no, I didn't say the full thing. Oh, then we ain't got to worry about it. Okay. I, I told you your name's Cough. <laughs> Good Lord, Matt. Can't believe you've done this. I mean, it doesn't matter. It really honestly doesn't matter. It's basically just a joke. Again, there's a million people with probably our names, so it's yeah. okay. But there's a guy with my name that was uh that was <laughs> arrested for multiple charges. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was a guy that comes into where I work at who got arrested <laughs> and he was on the front page of the newspaper. He had a massive like American History X swastika on his chest. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Sometimes I wonder if we should just do a podcast about us just talking. <laughs> about this freaking area and how crazy it is. Yeah, we have a lot of episodes. This is the southern ghetto. <laughs> it's the white man ghetto. Oh God! <laughs> it's not, it's just the back roads. It's just uh, yeah, but like back roads used to mean like hillbillies and stuff. Now it's like meth heads and murderers. It's meth heads and psychopaths. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's get these damn movies. Yeah. So Jesus. in 1983 is where we're going to begin. A, a director by the name of William Lustig or Bill Lustig, if you will, who brought a, a movie to us that is infamous and famous in the horror genre, and it's one of the greatest slasher films to ever be created in Maniac. Yes. Well, this is his non-horror mm-hmm. release, because he did Maniac Cop as well, as well as... Hold on. Uh-huh. Same guy who did Maniac. Did Maniac Cop. Yeah, I know. Holy shit. Yeah. And okay. he also did Uncle Sam. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> he wants you dead. Fuck out of your life, <laughs> Anyways, this is his non-horror outing, starring the mighty Fred Williamson. Fred, the Hammer Williamson, which is, if you used to follow me, which I know nobody listens to this probably does, except for maybe Jason, used to follow me on YouTube, my name was The Hammer 56, which was taken from two people, actually, Fred Williamson and Jim Greco. Oh. Two people I very much looked up to that used The Hammer as a moniker. Awesome. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> as well as the actual star, Robert Forster, who was in tons of exploitation films, and probably most famously in Alligator. Alligator. Which, for a movie about a giant alligator, it's pretty damn good. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Not many movies with giant alligators are good. Yeah, but this one's yeah. this one's nice. The only other one I know is, is it Eaten Alive? 
Yeah, but it's not necessarily. I mean, like it's, it's get, more about the guy. Yeah. What about uh? What about Lake Placid? It's not bad. It's alright. The sequels are fucking awful. They are but. really bad. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> they're absolute dog ass. But Robert Forster is our main character in this movie, and he plays your every man. He got a he got a job working at like a dock kind of thing, factory thing. You don't yeah. really ever know exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, a wife and a kid, and some of his buddies kind of have this organization going on that he knows a little bit about, but not a ton. Which is led by Fred Williamson. It's almost like a neighborhood watch. Yeah. Where they're tired, they're sick and tired of having to live in fear and being victims, and they're taking justice into their own hands. Which Fred Williamson's opening speech in yes. this movie is so damn good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just like want to stand up and be like, yeah! yeah! Yeah, let's go get him! Let's get him! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> but so, Robert Forrester is at his job while his wife is out getting her tire changed on her vehicle. When these thugs, by the way, all three of these movies, yeah, the most stereotypical '80s bad guys. And yes, I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not to mention, like they give punk a bad name, though they do. Yeah. <laughs> They're also mixed race gangs, which is not really like a common thing, a thing in really. real life. No. But in these movies, it always is. And I think all three of his movies have that. <laughs> yeah, they do. Well, um, not- well class 1984 does yeah. not. They are racist pieces of shit. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But <laughs> anyways, so these thugs, you know, like they get gas and then they're like, oh, we don't have no money. And the guy's like, you ain't doing this again. And he like attacks them. And he's pouring gas on this guy when Robert Forster's wife is like, hey, knock it off, and smacks one of them. Yeah. So the she face. goes, yeah. So she goes <laughs> home. <laughs> yeah, in the face. <laughs> <laughs> she goes home and is being followed by him when the thugs break into her house and beat her into a bloody pulp and do the absolute unthinkable. Something that you never see in the movies. No, especially back then. Yeah. And this is a minor spoiler alert, not a major. Well, I mean, it's part of the plot. Yeah, it's part of the plot. So that's what I'm saying. Minor spoiler alert. If you want to skip ahead for about 30 seconds. Also, hold on just a second as well. Yeah. Um, it's also revenge films, so it's kind of spoiler anyway. True. Very true. They shoot his... How old do you think he is? I would say about two, three years old. Son Maybe with four. a shotgun. Just And you don't see it directly, but like he's like standing in a bathtub and the guy shoots him and you see the the window behind him blow up with blood just shooting at him. Yeah, it's brutal. It is crazy brutal. Out of all three of these movies, this one may be the most violent. It's probably the most violent. Yeah, it is redonkulously brutal. So, Forster comes home and sees this. His wife's kind of like in a coma. Right. Um, the cops arrest the, the culprit. One of them. Only one of them. Only one of them because cops... In all these movies, suck ass. Yeah. And the whole time, Fred Williamson is trying to be like, yo, let's take care of it ourselves. Right. And Robert Forster's like, no, that's what the law's for. I'm not stooping to their level, right? Mm-hmm. So, come to the courtroom. Ooh. Piece of shit law. Let's the guy go, essentially. Gives him two years. Fucking Joe Spinell goofed him. Yeah, Joe Spinell, who is awesome in that yeah, role. Yeah, he's awesome. He's such a good scumbag. He, he does great in all the movies I've seen. Yeah, he does, yeah. So, he's so yeah. good. But uh, <laughs> So the guy basically walks free, and Robert Forster loses his shit. He tries to murder the judge. Yeah, and he's like, hey, this ain't right, you know? Yeah, and they send him to jail. For, what, 90 days? Something like that. Send him to jail from contempt to court, where he's assaulted by people in the prison. Yeah. And when he gets out, he's had enough. 
and it's time to do justice the way justice was meant to be done. It's time to kick ass. It's, yeah. So that's the plot of Vigilante. What did you think about Vigilante? Um, Like all these movies, draws you in, gets you all riled up, gets you pissed off, gets you mad. Yep. And then when the revenge happens, it's just, fuck yeah. But this movie, yeah. <laughs> but this movie has a good message too. Like I, I think all three of these kind of have a similar theme where it's like they they don't want to go that far. No, they just want the system to do what the system should do, but they don't do it exactly because the it, the law would rather get a paycheck, go home than do deal with any of this. Because it's like in reality, like revenge is not a good thing. No. You know that's not something that you should do. However, in film form, it's it's a good time because it's it makes you angry. And the film, a revenge film, is only as good as its villains. Mm-hmm. And the villains in this one are real good scumbags. Oh yeah. And Robert Forster and Fred Williamson are both so likable. Oh yeah. And you know we were talking about it the other day. Fred Williamson has always been a great actor. Oh yeah. And he's been in some fantastic movies. But this is like one of the like like a lot of exploitation stuff, which this is an exploitation film too. I would say. I feel like all these is kind of. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, <coughs> but Fred William, like this movie lets Fred Williamson like shine. Yeah, let him like really like get down to the soul of his like character. Also, a little bit of some some more praise for Fred Williamson with some of the best facial hair game. Oh, it's strong. In this <laughs> it's <movie>. strong. <laughs> some great facial hair. But like hair. his monologues, like just you look in his eyes, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's so good. Like you can really like feel what what he's saying, you know what I mean? Yeah. And when he's talking about like he's tired of living in fear, you know what I mean? Which is kind of with a lot of these, well, all these movies. And at times he's, he seems borderline crazy. Yeah. Like there's moments where insane. like he looks gone. Like there's a there's a guy probably selling like some weed or some acid to these. Kids I would say he's, yeah, something harder probably. Cocaine probably. And he goes well, after him. Eighties probably crack. Crack probably crack. Yeah. Well, he goes after him and chases this guy down for about fifteen minutes, <laughs> going up buildings, down buildings. It's crazy chasing actually. Yeah, it's insane. But the, he has that line where he's like, "Save some for me," and he just looks. He looks. He looks like a lunatic. Yeah, he looks like <laughs> he's he's. All the loose from the asylum mm-hmm. down the street. Robert Forster is is super sympathetic in this movie. Like all you want is for him to just to have justice done. To just have justice. So like it, it's just heartbreaking when this scene plays out the way it plays out because his lawyer like is trying. Right. You know she's so frustrated because she's tried this so many times, but the judge just won't cooperate and won't send these people to prison. It's it's crazy. Yeah, and it's pretty accurate, you know, yeah. in a lot of ways. Oh, give me the hands, Sorry. I think I had a bad uh, cough there. <laughs> um, where, like, you know, I, I did jury duty once. Yes. Is my phone lighting up or something? I don't know. <laughs> You're, like, staring at me. I was looking at the bottle. Okay. Um, I did jury duty once, and the judge straight told us, he was like, there will be people who walk free who probably deserve to be in prison because their prisons are too crowded. God. And I just remember being like slack jawed, like holy shit, you know? Oh my god! Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy shit. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's not super unbelievable in that like something like this would happen. I mean, to make this stuff even more relevant, there was this, this babysitter who 
try to hang a child. <laughs> and then That's not funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're awful. I'm sorry. Just the way you said it. Ran from the house, crashed into three different vehicles, and one with a woman who was pregnant in it, and got ten years of probation. Probation, yeah. Fucking probation yeah. for attempted murder on multiple people. <laughs> yeah. It hit a bicyclist to the point where it broke almost every bone in his fucking legs. And she's walking scot-free, mm-hmm. pretty much. It's ridiculous. But uh, The final note I have on here is satisfying. And I think that's a great way to... Bond's a little less on the, I guess, the formal side than yours. Mine says, fuck yeah, revenge. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, uh, the revenge is, like... It's interesting, too, because it's like it's not super clean. No, it's also not extremely slow, either. Yeah. It's quick and done. And you're talking about the violence in the movie. The movie is crazy violent at times. There's a scene where the thugs mow down a cop car. That's insanely brutal. Blood everywhere. Mm -hmm. And when the people get shot in this movie, it's like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I think a lot of that has to do with Fred Williamson's love of... Not Fred Williamson. Fred Williamson, too. I'm sure he does, because he worked on a lot of them. But yeah. Bill Lustig's love of Italian movies. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Bill Lustig not only is famous for Maniac, but he also did, you know, he worked with Anchor Bay in Anchor Bay's heyday when they were putting out all those Italian horror movies and Italian crime movies. You know, so he's well-versed in this that cinema, you know. Yeah. Some of his favorite directors are like Argento and Fulci and Enzo Casolari, you know. And he brought a lot of those movies to the States that probably would have never really like got the attention they deserved until he put them out through both Anchor Bay and now Blue Underground. And you get a lot of that vibe in Vigilante, you know. Yeah. From the the way the the way it's photographed to the level of violence in it to the score itself. Tons of like love for, you know, an influence of Italian cinema, I would say. Yeah, I mean, honestly, they do a good job making this film look older than it actually is. Yeah, it does feel like a 70s film. Yeah, don't it feels it? like a 70s film for sure. And then you, when you told me it was 83, I was honestly shocked. Yeah. You know, and we talk about it too. Films that take place in like the gritty New York. Oh my God, I love it. It's just so good. Like this is like a little different. This is almost like, like urban. You know, yeah. or not urban, but like suburban. Yeah. You know, and it's, and it's, but it's still really like, it has that great gritty feel to it. Mm. Again, I think, you know, coming from Italian influence, which, you know, talking about the great Enzo Casolari, that's a guy we'll have to cover one day. Of course. That guy's like the greatest Italian director, crime director ever, you know, in my opinion. You have like a ton of his movies, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Heroin Busters, The Big Racket, and Glorious Bastards, the original. That first one was a little on the nose, I feel like. What, Heroin Busters? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Vigilante is just such a good movie. Very underrated, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd never really heard of it until now. It's so. funny because, like, Bill Lustig's, like, catalog, Maniac, well, of course, because Maniac's an absolute classic. Yeah. But Maniac Cop gets a lot of love. And Uncle Sam is, like, you know, kind of a notorious crap movie. Yeah. So, yeah. like, Vigilante kind of gets lost in his catalog, which is unfortunate because it's one of his, like, I don't know if it's his best because I do love Maniac so much. It's only up there, though. But it would, I would say it's, if it's not his second best, it's <laughs> way up there. Yeah, just Joe, also Joe, Joe Spinell. Yeah, Joe Spinell has a cameo, which is a great story about Joe Spinell in that movie. I don't know if you've ever heard it. Oh, I, I have not. Uh, 
So they were getting ready to shoot the courtroom scene, which is Joe Spinell's scene in the movie. Yeah. Where he plays the lawyer. Um, and they're getting ready to shoot, and he's not there. Oh, shit. Right? Yeah. So Lustig is like, I don't know what to do. He's not here. We need him. So he's like, all right, we're going to shoot tight and then go wide, which is the opposite of how you normally shoot. You mm. usually shoot tight and then, or no, you shoot wide and then tight. Right. Right. Close up, like wide shots first and then close ups. But because Spinell went there, they needed to shoot close first and then go wide. Okay. So they send somebody out to go look for him. And uh, they find him at this hotel, right? Mm. And he goes in and they find him. They're like, Joe, we need you on set. And Joe Spinell was like, oh, man, Bill's going to kill me. And they're like, no, 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 he's not going to kill you. Just get in the car and come on, right? Right. So they get him in the car because, you know, at this time, Joe Spinell was going through some some problems. some problems, which would eventually take his life, unfortunately. But one of the clauses in Joe Spinell's contract with um, hmm. Bill Lustig was he had to cast his mother. Oh. As a, as a uh, um, extra. Yeah. That was just kind of the deal they had, right? So he shows up and... Uh, Joe Spinell's mother, who's like this 80-year-old woman, just shoots up and like, I can't believe you, Joey, and just starts smacking him with his pocketbook. He's like, I'm sorry, Mom, I'm sorry. Oh, and man. And made him apologize to the whole entire cast and crew for being late. That's crazy. Yeah, so there's your fun little story about Joe Spinell, Joe Spinell and Vigilante. God, the trailer for Maniac 2 is... Oh, yeah, that is... Yeah. I want to see it. I want to Directed see it. by, you know... a. A movie we recommended pretty highly on here, Combat Shock. Yeah, Buddy Juvenazzo. The freaking tr- trailer, um, Maniac Two, Mister. I remember the name of it. Spinell plays like a clown. Yeah, and it looks so good that it's just a damn shame it never got made. Damn it! Oh, did you hear that? Oh, all the viewers who hate. <laughs> Popping joints are triggered as hell right now. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> um. Anyways, Maniac Cop... Not Maniac Cop, what the hell? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> this fell apart at the end here. I don't know what the hell just happened. Okay. Vigilante gets a massive thumbs up from me. What do you think? You think you want to say before we move on to the next movie? Um. All these movies, the cops suck ass. That is true. <laughs> and also, question. Yeah. Of course, you know, it's revenge. We know what's going to happen. But... How do the people, the people who get revenge, never get arrested? <laughs> That's because it's a movie. <laughs> yeah, if it enough. wasn't a movie, yeah. The oh. no spoilers though, no spoilers okay. here. But the final scene, man, is just so satisfying. It's so good, man. <laughs> You're just like, yep. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. He got it coming. He got what coming to him. Um, so we actually go back a year. Which is crazy because I thought that one was older. But. I know, right? To 1982. For the class of 1984. Woo! In the distant future of two in the of two <laughs> years, <laughs> this is what schools will look like. <laughs> well, nah, <laughs> but well, you know, kind, I mean, kind of, sort of, but so this one. Uh, tells the story of Andy Norris. I actually did write this guy's name because I thought he did very good. Perry King. Perry King. He does a very good job in this movie. He's been a very likable guy. Is a music teacher who gets a job at Lincoln High at an undescript place. <laughs> By the way, all I'm saying is uh, Lincoln High, High Lincoln High School is fucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he uh, he gets a job at Lincoln High to be the new music teacher. 
after the old teacher took a uh, accidentally fell hmm. down the stairwell. Accident. Accident. Quotation marks. He gets there and he sees that the school is rough. <laughs> There's it's... metal detectors, security guards, all the walls are covered in graffiti, and a lot of the students are punks. A lot of the students are either punks or they're getting bullied. Yeah. So he decides that he's going to, you know, try to do his best to teach these kids when one in particular rather troublesome youth by the name of Peter Stegman. Or known as uh, Young Ted Bundy. Young Ted Bundy, (laughs) yes. (laughs) Uh, Begins to cause some trouble. Let's just say the trouble keeps escalating and escalating until there's only one thing Andy Norris can do. Let's get revenge! Kick ass! <laughs> so that's the basic plot of Class of 1984. What, what did you... What did you think about this one? For one, are you okay? I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Two... This movie again. It, all these movies are awesome. They're very awesome. Spoiler: right? All movies are all, all these movies. All these are movies awesome. are great. God. Uh, At first, I was like, I was watching this, you know, critically for the first time because I already watched this one before. Yeah, we both seen it before. And I was, you know, taking notes, and I was like, just leave it alone, just leave it alone. And then when the revenge happens, I'm like, just kick their ass, just <laughs> you do did, it. You know, you brought up this the other day, and I think it is a good point. Is that like all this really? I mean, Stegman is a shitty person. Yes. This dude is a sociopathic piece of shit. Yes. However, you know, a lot of this would have been resolved had Andy Norris not kept pushing forward. If he kind of took, you know, Roddy McDowell's character's point of view and kind of stayed out of it, you know, things may not have turned out the way they did. Right. However, you know, I also see it from his point of view, too, where he's like, you know... He's a good teacher. He wants to actually change things. He wants to, you know, make these kids better. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes it's just better to just stay out of things and just yeah. leave it alone. And I, I, I understand that. I can see where you know you, you're coming from that, and if someone else kind of had that opinion on it too. But you know, I can see why his character is trying. You know what I mean? Because he cares about these kids, and these kids are causing problems. I mean, you said this the other day. We all had that one teacher who wanted to do good by everyone. Yeah, who wanted to, like, you know, not just teach, but, like, change. Yeah. You know, and, like, build you know build up the kids as people just as much as, you know, education. Right. And that's what Andy Norris is. He's really, like, a... He's really a go-getter, you know? Mm-hmm. However... <laughs> uh, well, things go absolutely shitty for this poor man. And it's interesting, too, we're like, you know, from the get to the go, we know Stegman is a monster. Yeah. You know, it's not <laughs> too early into the movie that we see him, like, he's rolling in prostitution and drugs, and he's definitely, you know, sociopathic. However, like, the confrontations between Andy Norris and Stegman at first are very minimal, very just, like, angsty pranks. Yeah. That you know, with each step forward, they just escalate and escalate into you know more and more violent situations until you know both people are kind of put in a situation uh, there's nothing else to do. There's nothing else to do, but someone has to die. Yeah, which is interesting because like you know usually it's like this one massive moment that brings about the revenge, right? 
this movie, it's a lot. It's just this slow snowball effect, you know. It starts small, and as it goes down that hill, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and bigger until, you know, people are being stabbed and raped and, you know. Killed. Killed. The guy who plays Peter Stegman, uh, which I wrote his name now, Timothy Van Patten. You got to give that guy a lot of a lot of credit. He does such a good job of playing the most unlikable piece of shit. Oh my god, he plays a supervillain in this movie. Yeah, Stegman is a monster. Like this kid is <laughs> as a uh, sword and skill podcast would say monsters are real. <laughs> right? And like, you know, you talked about uh, there's a pro wrestler named MJF. Yeah, Maxwell Jacob Freeman. Yeah, who plays like this snobby he plays this guy. Yuppie. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And that's true. But I also, like, I, re- I said he reminded me a lot of, like, Ted Bundy. Yeah. Where he uses this, like, charm to, like, fool all these people. It's scary. Yeah. It's really good. Like, it's such a great representation of, you know, that kind of person, that sociopathic monster. Uh, Roddy McDowell is in the film, who most people would know Roddy McDowell from Fright Night. Yes. Where he plays uh, Peter Vincent. Yeah, the vampire Peter, hunter, Peter Vincent. which you know we love right now. That movie's so good. The movie's awesome. He is awesome in this movie too. Oh my god! Like this isn't much of a spoiler, really. I mean, it doesn't really have much to do with the movie itself. It's just something that kind of happens. Mm-hmm. I, I won't say what led up to it, but he kind of just snaps. Yeah, like he is trying to tell uh, Norris the whole time, like, look, just stay out of it. You know, the only way to survive here is just to mind your own business. But Norris just keeps refusing it, and eventually he gets drug into it, mm-hmm. you know, until Stegman and them kind of take aim at him as well. And there's this whole scene where, like, like you said, he snaps and he, like he holds his classroom hostage the with a gun. gun, and it's so tragic, like, because this guy just, you know, he just wanted to retire. Wasn't that based off of something that actually happened? Yeah, once? I think so. I mean, I'm pretty sure that did happen. Um, you know, it's so tragic because like he just wants to retire. You know yeah, what I mean? He just wants to be happy. Yeah. And, like, he's drugged down to, like, he's just, like, he's, like, I can't reach these kids any other way. Like, he's just broken. You know, it's, that's what, this movie's a lot more, like, I feel like, tragic in its revenge Mm -hmm. than Vigilante, which kind of almost celebrates it a little bit. Well, I don't think there's a movie more tragic in its revenge than Irreversible. Very true. Um, (laughs) But, like, because these are two good guys. Yeah. Who are kind of, you know, just like Robert Forrester as well. Who are kind of forced to be drugged down into this? Yeah, where you know they didn't want to. They just wanted justice to be done, just like Robert Forster. You know, he just wanted he just wanted justice to be done. He just it. wanted things to be done right. Yeah, but no one gives a shit but them. Yeah, and that's a great thing about Class Ninety Four too, where it's just All like these movies. <laughs> yeah, but it's particular Class Ninety Four, where it's just like even Roddy McDowell is like just. Just leave it alone. Yeah, you just stop. Nobody cares. That's the thing. It's like nobody's willing to make change. They're all just ready to move on. Yeah. And this one guy who just like all he wants is to try to make things a little bit better is just forced to like go through hell because of it. <laughs> Almost literally. Mm-hmm. Man, the revenge in this movie is brutal as it's brutal. well. It's quick though. Yeah, it is quick. Like it gets to one point and it's just on. Yeah. God, the very end is so satisfying. Sorta, in a way. At the same time, it's like, well, what happens next? 
Exactly. Like, can you ever go back to your job after that? Teaching? Yeah. Fuck no. Yeah, that's You're it. Done. That's it. It's done, right? Yeah, it's over. There's such a, you know, talking about that, there's such a great scene where he confronts Stegman in the bathroom about something. Oh, God. And he's like, come on, Teach, why don't you just hit me? Hit me like this. And like, he starts bashing his head against the mirror. Yeah. And then against the wall. And then when the the guard comes in, he sees Norris like holding him. And Stegman convinces them all that he's been assaulted by them. Yeah. And it's like, it's so good. Like, that's so good. Well, also in that scene, they're like, you know, whether you're guilty or not, you'll never teach again. Yeah. So at that point, I guess it's all fair game. It's it's so crazy because it's like, you know, he, he just like, he's so willing to put his like, his own body yeah. through that just so he can manipulate these people and get what he wants. It's crazy. And then man. like the his mom. Yeah. Like his and you go to his house and he's like just this little yuppie. It's yeah. infuriating. Yeah, also like he's the definition of what a punk shouldn't be. He's like a punk that didn't want to commit to the lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> he's a smug piece of shit. Like yeah. <laughs> he he's one of the most infuriating characters I've ever seen in in a horror, not a horror movie, but one of these like kind of revenge movies. In, in movie yeah. history, really. he's just like you're, just like God, 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 get him, you know, like fuck him up, fuck him. And but he's so smart too, because like there's that scene where he sits down and starts playing the piano. Yeah, and he's such a smarmy little bitch. <laughs> because it's just like you get mad thinking about him. He's yeah, <laughs> like he's like, do I got the? He's like, do I got the gig? Teach, you know. Yeah, and plays piano extremely well. Mm-hmm. Manipulates his people like they're puppets on a string. Yep. He's like he's he, a racist he, bastard. He's, he's racist. A, he's everything you hate. He's rolled into one. Stegman is the devil. Stegman <laughs> is the antichrist. <laughs> this movie is awesome, though. Yeah. You know, I kind of first heard about it. I think through Mr. Parker. Oh yeah. I'd actually heard of Class of 1999. <gasps> Which I believe has robots in it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, good lord. <laughs> so I never... Can you imagine Robot Stegman? Wow. <laughs> robot Stegman? <laughs> it, it, oh, He's it, bad it, enough as it that, is. That'd just be it. Robo Stegman. <laughs> <laughs> Someone can do some like... I'm going to change things. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got to do fan art of this now. If we have Robo any, <laughs> if we have any artists listening, please do this. The Steganator. <laughs> the Steganator. Um. Oh, holy <laughs> shit! No. What? The Steganator. The Steganator. <laughs> Just now, sitting in, I just imagine his face with the ter- Terminator like <laughs> robot cutter. <laughs> Anyways, do 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 douche. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I'd seen I'd seen parts of Class of 1989 on HBO back in the day. What? And it's it's real cheesy and you know silly. So I never watched Class of 1984 because I just assumed it was that. Yeah. And I don't even know if it has anything to do with Class of 1984 or if it just happens to have a similar name. You know. Uh, so I, I avoided Class of Nineteen Eighty Four for a very long time for that reasons, and then when I heard it was like a really good revenge film, you know, I got interested in it and picked it up and checked it out. And I mean, it's really good. You know, uh, but the Blu-ray of Vigilante is put out through Blue Underground, and it's pretty good. Uh, but Scream Factory put out Class of Nineteen Eighty Four, and it's a very, very, very good edition. So. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, reverse slip covers, reverse slip covers, special features, good transfer, very good transfer. You know, everything you want 
in a release for a movie like Class of '94, which I think deserves more praise. I think it deserves a. Oh yeah. I think it deserves a newfound fan base. Yep. As a as a real good exploitation film from the early '80s. Also, also, I don't know if we mentioned this on here yet, but the soundtracks to all of these movies are Yeah, there's fun. a song at the beginning of it, which, you know, I tried to find. I went on IMDb, and I went on Wikipedia and everything, and I could find nothing about it, but the opening song of this sounds like Alice Cooper. It does. I don't know if it is Alice Cooper, but it sounds like Alice Cooper, and it's a really cool song. Uh, so, you know, if you if you listen to this and you know who that is, email us at sickonsinemongmail.com and let us know, because I think that song is rad. Yes. It's a very good song. So, anything else you want to talk about with Class of 1984 before we... I think that's it. Um, except for highly recommended. Highly again. recommended. Very good movie. Very, very, very good movie. Did we miss anything Class of 1984? Huh? Michael J. Fox is in it. Yes. You got to talk about that real quick before we... This is like one of his Who first roles. He, he is the kid that gets shanked. Oh. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Michael well, J. Fox. Sorry, Michael J. Fox, but you got fucked. Yeah, one of his, uh, <laughs> yeah, one of his. <laughs> what? Nothing. <laughs> oh, no. What if it, I ain't going, I ain't saying nothing. Anyways. <laughs> one of. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, just get to the damn point. Michael J. Fox, one of his first movie roles, and I think he does a really good job in the movie. All right, moving on. <laughs> Before anything that gets this black ball happens. <laughs> good God. I do not condone what happened to Michael J. Fox. I think that's sad. He's a very good actor. He deserves to have a good life. Yeah. Yeah, Michael J. Fox. He's awesome. Back to the Future. It's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> There's an ant on the... Oh, shit. It's Get gone. It. It's gone. Well. Oh. Oh. Gotti. <laughs> Smashed. <laughs> Anyways. So, finally, last but definitely not least... From 1984, directed by the King of Sleaze, Danny Steinman, starring Linda, the luscious Linda Blair. The luscious Linda Blair. <laughs> Savage Streets. Oh, God. Justice for one, yes. justice for all. You get what you get when you're broken the law. By, by the way, I know I, t- I said this earlier. But the only thing that I can see when I see Linda Blair is either her masturbating with a crucifix <laughs> or or her hosting that show that was on sci-fi for the longest time, like Haunted Locations or whatever. <laughs> I do not know Haunted Locations at all. You told me this oh the other day, like just a little while ago, and I was like, ah. Uh. Well, I, if you remember it, then didn't e- email us and say you remembered it. <laughs> One thing I can think of when I see Linda Blair's movies, how nice her boobs are. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I, I see her... Anywhere, I just think about those two things. Uh, so, De- so Savage Streets tells the story of Brenda, played by Linda Blair, and she kind of has this crew of ladies that she runs around with. Yes. And one of them is her sister, Heather, played by... Linnea Quigley. Pre-boob job Linnea Quigley. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say the pre-boob job part, but... Well, that's pretty <laughs> important, because it is pretty, like, you're like, wait a minute. Because <laughs> this was, like, made the same year as... Return of Living Dead. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, so it is a stark difference between Trash and Heather. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God, that's so ironic. It's weird, right? No, no, I, I'm just saying, what, you know, the people in this movie, and then she would later become, like, one of those uh, yeah. people. Yeah, what you said earlier, these movies give punks a bad name. Like, Yeah, they're like, oh, punks are all, like, rapist pieces of yeah, shit. Yeah, like, most of them just want to drink PBR and listen to punk music. Yeah, most, <laughs> most of them either want to be straight edge or... Blast out of their mind. Yeah, so. But, uh. 
So, one night on the town, they kind of run into this group of scummy shitheads. Scummy mofos, I guess. Which I think is led by a guy named Jake. Pretty sure his name is Jake because he was that one of those things like Jake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and one yeah. guy that never wears a shirt. Oh God, that guy that that guy never wears a damn shirt. <laughs> he never wears a shirt in this entire movie. Never wears a shirt. And he, his voice reminds me of Stallone. Yeah, he's like, hey, hey, what's up? Oh, <laughs> what's that line he says? He's like, it comes the bride. Yeah, yeah. I'm covered in red. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> Anyways. Watch this one Stallone movie. <laughs> so they kind of, they get into a little bit of a scuffle with these guys because they're just being pervy little shits. Yeah, they're, they're what incels are now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, Brenda at high school. Her, what are you rolling around? Oh, nothing to worry about. Huh? Don't worry about that. Okay, sorry. I'm going to finish the ball in this movie. Sorry. Her deaf sister, Heather, comes to walk home with her, right? Yes. When Brenda ends up getting a scuffle with a fellow student over a boy. <laughs> and a shower scene, which is fucking <laughs> one of the sleaziest shot scenes I've yeah. ever seen. Like there's like there's randomly two naked chicks also fighting in the background. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't notice that. Yes, for no reason. Like they're just like <laughs> pulling each other's hair and like just random. <laughs> they're just Nobody like, turns the water off. They're all just fighting in the water in <laughs> shirts that will be seen through. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Linda Blair wears a white shirt. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I figured she would. <laughs> but anyways, as this is happening, the punks who, you know, they messed up their car and, you know, turned them down. How dare they? Yeah. Find, attack, and end up brutally gang raping her. Well, we, you might want to clarify who. Heather. Yeah. Which, you know, I bring up the pre-boob job, Linnea Quigley, because, you know, without her boob job, she looks immensely young in this movie. Yeah. Which makes the scene even more heinous and hard to watch. Also, did, to take the, the piss a little bit out of <laughs> what happens, there's, and they come back in between the group of friends looking for Heather and the scene. Yeah. And this is so out of place. <laughs> yeah. But, okay, the quote... Is Heather like the you know the, someone's the, hauling for her. The, like yelling for Heather, and then the quote unquote Heather's deaf, you dumb shit, <laughs> and then it cuts back to her getting viciously gang raped. It's like yeah, well, while she's being viciously gang raped, there's a damn shot fight in the shower. Yeah, <laughs> that's happening too. So, you know, they have an idea who did it, but they're not sure, right? Until <laughs> until yeah, you know, until they have another scuffle with this crew at a uh, a bar called the MX. Yeah, where well, not a bar, it's a, like a it's club. a club. Yeah, where Jake's face is slashed by one of them, Brenda's best friend, who Jake then to get revenge hurls her off a bridge. Fuck. And finally, Brenda's had enough. And it's time to take justice into her own hands. It's time to take these guys and send them to the internal gulag. <laughs> justice for one. <laughs> justice for all. Copyright flag. <laughs> I ain't nobody copyrighting that shit. <laughs> yeah, no one gives a shit about this. Place. Yeah, nobody. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh I first heard about Savage Streets was deadpit.com. Oh, yeah? They were massive champions of this movie. <laughs> well, I mean, it's 80s. Fun. Well, it's fun for that one scene, but it's it's cheesy, it's sleazy, and it's brutal. 
Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, Dead Pit recipe for a thumbs up, right? <laughs> so, true. The, so if you don't know what DeadPit.com was, they were kind of the fa- one of the fa- honestly, like I know it was very controversial, but truly they were one of the founders of horror podcasts and kind of podcasts in general. Yes. Nobody was really doing that kind of thing until they came around and started doing it. I mean, I would like I like how we give this introduction to DeadPit, but honestly, I feel like if you're a, a fan of horror and podcasts. There's no introduction really needed for those guys. But. Yeah, but they were kind of controversial figures. You know, I always loved them. Yeah. We stuck by them to the bitter end until they finally stopped doing it. Well, they've been doing it for years, man. Mm-hmm. Which their catalog is still online, and you can still go listen to it, and I highly, highly recommend it because they did a very good job. Um, but one year at Fright Night Film Festival, they actually screened this movie and kind of did like a Mystery Science Theater 3000 style where everybody kind of just got drunk and hollered at the screen. <laughs> Which was fun. <laughs> but it wasn't until I got the DVD from BCI, which now I believe is long out of print, unfortunately. Mm. Is there another edition of this? Style? I don't know, really. I don't know who's got the rights to Savage Streets right now. Um, that I watched it again and really enjoyed it because, you know, when you're kind of in that kind of scenario, you're just kind of... Having fun. Having fun. Um, but became a huge fan of Savage Streets. I, you know, it was a movie that I really championed and enjoyed. And Dead Pit kind of sponsored Danny Steinman, the director, one year yeah. at Friday Night Film Festival. Now, if you don't know who Danny Steinman is, hmm. Danny Steinman is, you know, he started out in porn, which is very obvious when you watch his movies. Yeah. <laughs> Moved into horror movies and exploitation films. and uh, Like a lot of guys who transfer from that overdue. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and his two most famous films are Savage Streets and Friday 13th Part 5. Part 5? Yeah, which if you've seen Part 5, it makes all the sense in the world that Danny Steinman directed it, because it is by far the most sleazy. Which one is 5? That's the one with Roy. Oh, yeah. You know, it's the most sleazy of all the Friday 13ths. So it makes all the sense in the world. So I was super excited. I was like, I'm getting my Savage Streets disc signed by Danny Steinman. This is going to be awesome. Danny Steinman (laughs) is gone. He passed away. So I don't want to speak ill of the dead. And he was nice to me. Mm-hmm. But that guy was on something. Uh-oh. He was, <laughs> uh, he was something. Okay. Um, Let's hear why you, why you think that. Well, the first thing came when somebody was talking to Wes, who was the creepy Kentuckian, yeah. on Dead Pit, but they were kind of standing in Danny t- t- front of Danny Steinman's table, and he was like, get the fuck away from my table. <laughs> oh, God. So, uh, you know, I go up to Danny Steinman, and uh, I have to wait for a little bit, because he appears to be asleep. <laughs> so eventually, I walk up to him when he's, he seems to be awake. And I'm like, big fan of this movie. Can I get you something? He's like, absolutely. 20 bucks. Right. Give him the 20. He's all right. You want me to make it out to anybody? I'm like, well, my name's Jonathan. He's like, all right. 2J. He's out. Oh, no. And he kind of comes back too. And he's like, what was your name? He's like, Jonathan. He's like, J O N. Oh, my God. Out again. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I kind of look at Wes at one point, and he's just like, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I can imagine Wes just being like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so at this point, my DVD now says to J- John and on and on and on. Does it really? It does. It has like three A N A N A N A N. Is it still on there? Oh yes. 
Oh my god, I gotta see this after we're done. Yeah, so it's oh like to John and on and on and on and on and on and fun. Thanks for being a fan, Danny Stein. Yeah, I said thank you. I took my DVD and I walked away, and I was like, "Holy shit! What a what a crazy ass experience that was." <laughs> was he on pills? I don't know what was happening with Danny. Like I said, now Danny, you know, Danny passed away, and you know, that's that's a crazy story. It was pretty crazy. It was one of the craziest experiences I ever had at a convention where I'm just like, uh, I don't really know what to do. <laughs> the craziest experience I ever had, uh, like. You know, meeting someone was probably Sabu. Oh my god, yeah. That's for that's for another day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um so anyways, that is my Danny Steinman story, but let's get into the movie because you know, despite that bizarre experience I had with the man. God, I just can't I just can't get out of my head. Get away from my table. (laughs) I swear to God. And uh, and And apparently it happened several times throughout the weekend. Did it? Yeah. Wait, they get away from my table? Yeah, because people were like, we're talking to the Dead Pit guys, and Dead Pit's table is right next to it, so people were kind of standing, <laughs> and he was pissed because people were standing in front of his table. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, that that was Danny Steinman in a nutshell. He was a, a very bizarre man. Oh, also, I can just imagine Wes's face just being like, I, I don't know, dude. <laughs> yeah, I just kept like looking over at him like, um, and he was, you're on your own. <laughs> That was the look I got. <laughs> You're on your own, bud. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> so, uh... We're live, pal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, anyways, let's talk about the movie now, right? Oh, God. All right, let's get into this. <laughs> Holy shit. This is an absolute fantastic, fun... But at the same time, very brutal at points. Yes. Cheesy 80s masterpiece. Like, it's just yeah. like... It's just like... Mm, 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 it just like... Oozes '80s cheese. Oh man, this movie screams the '80s. Yes, I completely love it. You know, from the uh, the outfits that the, the the students are wearing, to the look of the bad guys, yeah. like to the music, to the f- just the atmosphere, just such a great like capsule of what that time period looked like. Also, one of the best shots in the movies in, in the. Mo- hmm. Mm-hmm. Movies apparently this is it's two of Savage Streets. Yeah, okay. Anyway, <laughs> it's two Savage Streets <laughs> right next to each other. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, there's one scene in this movie that sticks out when I when I hear this name now. Linda Blair naked in the tub. Yes. <laughs> oh, is it really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was joking. <laughs> well, come on. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. I won't lie. Um, the cigarette just yep. staring down the wall. Yep. It was awesome. It was great. Uh, <laughs> what, 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 what did you think I was going to say? I don't know. I mean, I didn't think it was actually going to be the scene. No, yeah, I didn't good. mean to steal your thunder. <laughs> I thought I was joking. No, no, that's that's it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of movies that take place in the in the seedy New York. We talk about all the time how yes. much we love that I setting. I love that setting. But this is like seedy California. Mm-hmm. And that's super cool, too, because there's not a lot of movies that kind of have that, like, you know, sunset strip. At the same time as, like, you know, just kind of, like, a bad part of town vibe to it. Yeah. And, like, that's super cool. Like, it's fun to watch. And, like, it's like, this is, like, the bad part of California. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Like, you know, it's super cool. But doesn't this kind of setting 
show up a little bit in the Manson family as well. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you know, a little bit. Uh, what? It's just like the characters are so over the top. You know, <laughs> yeah, I can get there's so that. many great lines in the film. <laughs> Go fucking eyes. Yes, John Vernon is randomly in this movie <laughs> as the principal, and John Vernon is a batshit crazy actor, but he's awesome. Yeah, and at one point, like they're like, they're like, he's kicking the kid, these people out of his school because they're not even supposed to be there, and someone says something, he just looks dead at him. He's like, "Go fucking Osberg." <laughs> <laughs> these teachers do not give a single fuck. Nobody they, tries. No, they they cuss the students out <laughs> today. This would not fight. No, I know, right? Like, <laughs> it's a taboo when a teacher cusses at all, mm-hmm. and now. In this movie, they're just like, oh, go fuck yourself, kid. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's great. And it's so crazy, too, because, like... Oh, God. <laughs> there's so many, like, scenes between Linda Blair, Brenda, and this, like, one chick who are like, it's so unnecessary. It's just cat fights for the sake of TNA. Yeah. Well, like, the scene, like, after Brenda's sister has been raped and pretty much put into a coma yeah. by being beat ruthlessly by these thugs... This chick stands up and she's like, she's like, I think people need to know where their place is, especially if they have retards in their family. I'm like, who would do that? Nobody. Who would do that? And all it is is so that Linda Blair can rip her shirt off and show her tits. Yeah. <laughs> also, I like to mention, in Vigilante, shitty car drivers. Oh, yeah. They suck at driving cars. Yes. Class of 1984. I'm trying to think of something that was like... Something someone does that's real shitty. Like, I, I I can't have one for that. But this one, shitty fighting. <laughs> <laughs> There's a great scene where uh, uh, Vincent, who is one of the thugs, who you know, the movie kind of tries to like make you feel bad for him towards the end. Yeah, I'm not. You know, like <laughs> oh, he wasn't real responsible for his actions, which is complete horseshit. Like. He did like he was way down with the rape scene. I feel like yeah he he was like oh they forced me they forced me to do it and then rewind yeah smiling smiling yeah scene. it's weird it is really weird that they try to like portray you know him as kind of like oh it just got out of hand when like he is like way down for everything up until a certain point you know yeah but anyways. You want to talk about, like, hilarious fight scenes. Brenda catches him. Like, he goes to the hospital to kind of apologize to Heather. Smacks the fuck out of him. Yeah, he's just smacking him the whole time. He's just going, no! No! (laughs) 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 It's so weird. Oh, my God. It's so bizarre. I'm glad I'm not the only person who noticed that. (laughs) No! Oh my god! It's, it's so good. It's it's also it's so weird. What's the name of the the leaders? The, the leader. What's his name again? Jake. Jake. This this fucker <laughs> has razor blade earrings. He does. Yeah. Did he fucking graduate kindergarten? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Who would ever do that? Like I've seen the necklaces, mm-hmm. right? Earrings though, right next to your neck. Yeah, dumbass, <laughs> absolute dumbass. Let's talk about the uh, the weird homoeroticism between the gang. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, out of nowhere during that scene, the, the, the rape r- scene. Yeah, yeah. it just 
they kiss each other on the lips. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, you know, here at Second Cinema, we have no problem with no. homosexuality. But it just comes out of nowhere. Yeah, it comes straight out of nowhere. And, like, like the whole time, they're always talking about how they're going to bang these chicks together. and like, Yeah, it's like, what? Yeah, it's so weird. And, like, the dude constantly has no shirt on. Also, I don't know if you noticed, the principal straight up goes full homophobic on these guys. Oh, my God. Just Everyone does. The, yeah, they call them... The F word. Yeah, call them it. Just <laughs> drop it. Everybody drops that in this movie, like, just like gangbusters. Just, just like a chopper going by, dropping a bomb. <laughs> yeah. <just> boom. <laughs> God uh, almighty. But, you know, again, we talk about with all these films, the you know, the revenge is only as good as its villains. Oh, yeah. And these guys are... These guys are shitheads. Pieces of... Oh, shit. Yeah. Which, like, it's very stereotypical. These guys... Mm. Mm. Okay, again, stereotypical. Oh, Where yeah. like you got the 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 sociopathic badass leader. Yeah, right? you got his like jacked dumbass underling. <laughs> then you got the guy who you know, he's he's kind of mousish and doesn't know if he wants to be in there. Yeah. And then you got the yeah, you know, like oh, God. that one guy. He's the big muscled up dude. Yeah, he's the guy with Frankenstein brain. Yeah, <laughs> he's, got bush brain. he's got Abby normal brain. Oh God! <laughs> oh no! Heavy normal. <laughs> That's great. Oh man! Uh, uh, yeah, the guy that laughs all the time. Yeah, he gets fucked out of existence though. Oh my God! That's probably the most brutal. It's pretty brutal. <laughs> God, you know you don't talk. Yeah, there's a great story. line you talked about earlier. We're right before uh, Brenda gets revenge <laughs> on one of them. She's like, "I'm just sad that you ain't double jointed." Which this guy's such an idiot. He just stands there. Like, does he think, like? Are they really that convinced that she's going to have sex with him? I, like, are they that retarded? Well, apparently they're after him to kill her, too, because they're like, oh, first I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fuck you. They're going to cut you to pieces. <laughs> Anyways, he's just like, like standing there. Me. She has a damn crossbow. Yeah. She has a crossbow just standing there, and he's just like, <laughs> Wish, it's too bad you ain't double-jointed. <laughs> Why? So you can't bend over and kiss your ass goodbye. <laughs> Dead ass. Well, that was also Frankenstein brain ass. Oh my god! It's like what the hell? But the revenge is immensely satisfying. Yeah, and there's, and it's a good foreshadowing too because minor spoiler, but there's something involving a lighter. Ooh, that throughout the entire movie they tease mm. this lighter very well. I think. Yeah, yeah. So at the point, like when it comes down to it, you're like, oh no. Not the lighter, you know. Like this, this ain't gonna work. This ain't gonna work, you know. Like it is great because of that. Um, and the movie kind of has a bit of a downbeat ending too. Like it doesn't necessarily yeah. end super positively, even though it ends with that song. Yeah, it does. justice for one, justice for all. By the way, I went. Yeah, you, you know, you see this layout here I have mm-hmm. with Xbox and stuff. My ears got destroyed whenever <laughs> I was trying to turn this off. Oh, yeah? I went to take the DVD out, and the song was still playing, and, and I, didn't, I didn't pay attention. Just this Right in my ear, like, <laughs> right in my ear. I about went deaf. Uh, if you gotta go deaf, listen to anything. That song is... That's that's up there, for sure. That's up there. It's top ten. <laughs> top ten. <laughs> top ten songs I'd rather go deaf to. Number, number 15. <laughs> Just this <as> football. <laughs> Oh shit! How long is this podcast? <laughs> oh, it's just been like an hour. Oh, okay. Uh, which we probably should get ready to wrap it up, but uh, yeah, Savage Streets. It's so fun. Oh yeah, it's such a good time. The characters are likable when they need to be likable, and the bad characters are as unlikable as they need to be. Mm-hmm. The revenge is sweet. the The rape scene is 
crazy brutal for how cheesy this movie is. Yeah. Ridiculously cheesy. But that's what this movie, like this movie spikes from super cheesy, super sleazy, you know, like it's brutal. Yeah, just like bang, 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 bang. Uh highly recommend it. You know yes. the last I heard, I think either Scorpion or Code Red had the rights. Which if it's Scorpion, it's not gonna be too bad. If it's Code Red, on the other hand, Code Red's got a pretty bad reputation. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully it's still available out there. I know at one point Arrow had put it out, but then they had a warehouse fire. Oh, shit. And a lot of the copies got destroyed. Oh, man, that sucks. So, but still, you know, you want to get your hands on a copy of Savage Streets. It's a very good movie. Yes. It's an excellent uh, 80s exploitation film. So... What else we want to say about Savage Streets before we call it a day? Anything um, else? The acting is super fun. Very fun, yeah. And at times, you know, heartbreaking at, at moments. Yeah. Satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the violence is pretty crazy in this movie. Yeah. Especially the way it presents itself as this fun, like, 80s movie at first. <laughs> yeah. And then it just goes off the fucking walls for yeah. a little bit. That's Denny Steinman, I think, oh, you know what yeah. I mean? You gotta... Oh, oh damn it. I did so good the rest of this podcast. I know, right? And now I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs> but, fantastic movie. Very fun. This was your first time watching? Yes. First time watching this one and Vigilante. And Vigilante, so. yep. Uh, of the three, if you could only oh, recommend no. one... Oh, damn it. Which one do you recommend? Because we actually recommend all three of them pretty highly. It's hard not to go with this one. Yeah, I think Savage Streets might be the standout for sure. But, a close second... Vigilante. Vigilante. But however, as all I said, three. like that's not a knock on any of these. All three of these get We've the, rated them the same on Letterboxd. Yeah, they all got fours from us, I think. Yeah. All four, all three of these movies get the Sick on Cinema stamp of approval. Yep. Bam. Yeah. Big stamps on them. That should be on the box art. We, we If we get bigger and stuff, we need to come up with stamps of approval. <laughs> stamps of approval. <laughs> Sick on Cinema approved. So, yeah, you know, I was just saying, like, which one was your favorite? However... All three of these are excellent, excellent revenge yeah. You know what I mean? I guess, I guess my favorite... Mm, it's so hard because I love all these, man. Yep. I think I'm going to go Seven Streets, though. Yeah, Seven Streets was excellent. So many awesome shots yep. in this movie. It's just fun. Like, it's just... It's a movie that just sucks you in. And you're just with it. It's great stuff. It's the quiet ones you gotta watch. <laughs> Also, one of these movies, by the way, I random, yeah, but squirrel thought, yeah. Apparently, Rancid had songs in it. Really? It may have been class nineteen eighty four. Really? Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> it popped up in the credits. I was like, that's crazy. I know my Rancid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big Rancid fan, but I know my Rancid. <laughs> you get blackballed because you say that, you say that. What? It's not that I dislike no. Rancid. I just don't love them. But you know, whatever. So that's it for this episode. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Thought it was a good one. It was really good. But what's the next episode, John? It's your. Oh voice. shit! Oh no! <laughs> oh well. Oh on. no! <laughs> we've done it again, boys. <laughs> yeah, oh, we've goofed. Um, you know what? No, no, no. I'm just gonna throw one out on top of my head. Uh, let's get extra sleazy. Oh no! Let's do. Oh no! Let's dive double feet first. Oh fuck! Into the Nakatsu Roman Porno Collection. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> At least it wasn't Ruffies. <laughs> <laughs> Matt 2018. <laughs> um, oh, but what movies? Because there's several, and I think we're going to do a couple parts of the Minakatsu films. We probably figured that out off air, but... I think I, can, I, think I got them. Okay. Because I guess it also kind of considers if we're, can, if we're counting Star of David or not, so we'll kind of hold off on Star of David. Okay. Which I, I like that movie quite a bit. But let's do Fairy in a Cage. Okay. Uh, Aerosol, Aero School Feels So Good. Okay. And White Rose. Here's another set of movies I'm going to have to watch with the volume down with headphones in. <laughs> I believe it's called White Rose Campus, a.k.a. Everyone Gets Raped. <laughs> I'm not ready for this. Yeah, so Fairy in a Cage. All right. Aero School Feels So Good. And White Rose Campus. That'll be the next episode. And the right. next time we do it, like there's like Zoom Up, I think is one of them. Star David. And there's another one too. All right. Yeah. Oh, I was not ready for this, but all right, let's do it. <laughs> Nakatsu. Stay tuned, guys. Yep. So, once again, questions, comments, concerns can be sent to us at sickoncinema at gmail.com. Follow us on social media. Sick on cinema, uh, sick on cinema on everything. Yes. In particular, Instagram. That's our most active. Yeah, follow us on Instagram. Fuck the Twitter page. <laughs> no one follows. It's all right. Um, Twitter's dead. Go out and watch some revenge films. Have a good time. Yeah, with some friends, maybe. Yep, 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 yep. And we'll see you all in two weeks. Also, drink responsibly. Drink responsibly. Don't do drugs. <laughs> drugs are bad, okay? Wait, what was the line from all those, like, 80s video games? Uh... Drugs are for losers, and remember, losers <laughs> never win, or something like that. Anyways. <laughs> we need to wrap this up. Um, until we see you all again in two weeks when we discuss some Nakatsu sleeves. Fuck. I am John. I am Matt. And you've been listening to the podcast dedicated to the dark side of film. Sick on cinema. 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 Cinema! You excited about the Roman movies? No. They're Japanese. I don't know why they're called Roman. I don't want to watch porn.